If you have a family relying on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. That's where Policy Genius comes in. In minutes, Policy Genius could save you 50% or more simply by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. To save on life insurance and get protection for you and your family, head to policygenius.com today. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Well, here we go. This is part two of our interviews from CPAC. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, we're not going to have a lot of time because we have six interviews we're going to play for you today. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome to another episode, part two of our interviews from CPAC last week. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, whether on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, it's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. And I write for politics.com. If you want to read some of my articles, just go to politics.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. And don't forget about the book, Politics, a Clear Call to Political Activism, which is available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Like I said, I have to get through everything a little bit quicker, <laughs> a little bit quickly, I guess, because, um, like I said, we have six interviews that we're going to play uh, with Dr. Kelly Ward, uh, who is running for Senate in the state of Arizona, CRTV's John Miller, who does the White House Brief, and Katrina Pearson with America First Action, Marv Allen with the Black Conservative Federation, and I want to say that again, Black Conservative Federation, because I, I noticed that I said foundation at the end of last episode. So I just want to make sure everyone gets it right, including myself. It's Black Conservative Federation. And also we talked with Ivan Raiklin, who is running for Senate in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And I say it like that because, well, you're, <laughs> you're here in the interview why I said it that way. And also Britt McHenry who is a former ESPN reporter and who is now a contributor with The Federalist. And also, uh, just recently, she has a show on Fox. Um, I don't know all the details. It's just something that she just announced actually yesterday. And um, I in the interview, she mentioned that she had something coming up that she couldn't talk about. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so 
apparently it wasn't that new show. I think she has some other things that are coming out this week as well. So, so I, you know, I just want to say right now, I really appreciate everyone listening. The simple fact that I was able to get credentials to go to CPAC is because of everyone's listening. The people, the fact that I, I have this podcast and I guess CPAC, you know, saw that I was doing, I guess, somewhat good work enough to grant me credentials. So, and that's all to the people who are listening that, and I appreciate everyone who is listening. I say that, you know, many times and I'm going to continue to say that because I do appreciate it. And I also appreciate people who take the time to want to do an interview. Um, you know, they don't have to, but the fact they said, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm very appreciative of it. And, you know, a lot of these interviews are pretty short, uh, mainly because I just want to, I want to get as many people on, but, um, hopefully in the future, I will get a chance to talk with them for, uh, you know, maybe 10 or 20 minutes in the future. Um, I guess we'll just have to see in the coming months and, and whatnot. You know, it's funny. I just want to say this and then we'll get started. But, um, you know, when you go to these events, you get, it's a lot of networking going on. You get a lot of business cards and, and I know for me, like, especially if I'm doing these interviews, I get a, get these cards and, and I give them my card and, it's funny after an event like this, especially with like so many people, um, you know, like, you know, thousands of people and you meet like at least probably a hundred of them and you get a lot of cards and I'm like, I'm looking at my cards and I got to get better at this, but I'm, I'm going to get better with it on, at this CPAC that just passed is that when an event passes that I make a, you know, a concerted effort to make sure that I respond to these cards you know, saying at the very least, just saying nice to have met you at CPAC or whatever. And, uh, you know, not only is that courteous, it just, I, you know, also it could set up future interviews. Um, like I mentioned before about with the people I'm already that I interviewed, you know, last week, uh, continue that dialogue to maybe get more, um, you know, to get another interview in the future interviews with others so anyway you know i also want to say i don't know how i sound i think i feel i feel like i sound a little nasally i don't know if i sound any different to y'all i i think i i do but if i if i don't great if i don't know let me quit rambling because i like i said i don't have a lot i only have a lot of time so let's get to our first interview um and we're gonna start off with john miller with crtv and like I mentioned, he he does a show on CRTV called The White House Brief. And we talked about that and, and a couple other things. So here's our interview with John. Well, it's Trent Chat, and we are here with John Miller, who you can hear his clever commentary on The White House Brief on CRTV, which I am a subscriber of, and definitely I enjoy all the programs. And just I'm honored to get a chance to speak with you. How are you doing? Good to be with you, Brian. Thank you for interviewing me. So, tell everyone who don't know about the White House Brief, what's it all about? So, it's a usually four to seven minutes, sometimes longer, 
short video basically talking about the big stories of the day. We try to come at it with an angle that you're not going to hear in the mainstream media. So we try to come at it from a place where our viewers, who conservative review TV is no surprise what kind of uh, political stance they hold, we try to explain the news to them in a way that they understand it from a viewpoint that they can uh, relate to, because the news is in so many places brought to people in a way where they can't even relate to what's being said. They don't agree with it politically, they don't agree with the culture, they don't agree with the, with the snide looking down on everyday Americans. So on the White House Brief, we try to deliver the news to them in a way that, that, that relates to them and that, that appeals to them, because they're not getting that in the mainstream media, and they're not getting that really in any left-wing media. So on a daily basis, I go to the White House press briefings um, and try to get a scoop or stories that you're not hearing uh, from the major media. That doesn't mean we're not talking about the hot stories of the day, but we're coming at them from an angle that you're not necessarily going to hear anywhere else. So it's an interesting program. We have fun. We uh, don't take ourselves too seriously whatsoever. Um, and that's what I think makes us different and why you should tune in. I guess give the I guess give my listeners uh, a bit of your, of your background. So I grew up in extremely liberal Southern California, um, and that kind of a story tells itself. I saw the culture down there, and immediately I rejected it. Um, I wasn't raised in a political family. My dad's a jazz musician, um, and so that kind of gave me the opportunity to uh, to come at my own political beliefs. And uh, you know, I was told you can't be black and be a conservative, and that never really made any sense to me. I was like, why not? What, you know, why, why do I have to ascribe to a political ideology that doesn't have my interest? And basically, in my opinion, liberal ideology is offensive to black people. It basically tells them, you're not capable of doing anything. You're not capable of pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. You're not capable of, uh, of being as good as, as white people. And I think that that is just a misnomer. It's offensive to me. Affirmative action, for instance, is an offensive idea to me. The idea that we have to lower our standards for black people because we don't don't think that they have the same ability as white people. To me, that's racism. So I saw that initially and rejected that. And then I went to college in New York City um, at Columbia, which is extremely liberal. Wow. And that's when it's that, that's when for me it sealed the deal because I was just like, I cannot deal with any of this. And then I started. Uh, I worked at the uh, at the Blaze. I was Glenn Beck's assistant, and um, and then and then worked at Fox for a bit. So. I've been a conservative for a while, and I've been in that space for a while, um, but I was on the production side, and now I'm finally doing reporting um, on the White House Brief. Okay, so, now, CLTV is, um, I guess, a couple of, a couple of years old, um, but I guess, give the people... Oh. It's one year old, it's a little over a year old. Okay, you know what, give the people a reason, you know, to watch... CRTV other than, you know, to watch you especially. Other than the best show, which is the White House Brief on CRTV. Um, we have probably the best lineup of personalities that you're not going to get anywhere else. We have Mark Levin, we have Michelle Malkin, we have Stephen Crowder, we have Gavin McInnes, we have Ali Stuckey, who's the uh, conservative millennial, we have roaming millennial, uh, we have Andrew Wilkow, and I'm probably missing a few we, because we have so many. We also have Nate Madden, who does what I do, except on Capitol Hill. Um, and it's just a different variety of conservative voices. We have a wide tent. We have people who were very much um, traditional conservatives. We have people who were against Trump. We have very pro-Trump people. We have, I think, the biggest variety of conservative voices that you can get in the media. So if you're interested in hearing conservative ideas and ideologies and the news with a conservative analysis, um, CRTV is something that you have to subscribe to. I think it's the best commentary out there. Well, speaking of the president, I, um, 
given that it's been over a year now, so I guess I want to ask your opinion. How, th- how you think things have gone so far? I think things are going great. I mean, I think that his accomplishments, Trump's accomplishments, speak for themselves. I think the tax cuts was huge. You see the economy literally booming. You also see... Um, uh, businesses who think that they can actually now create jobs, they can actually compete, they can actually thrive on the world stage, and that's huge. And you see the results, and now you see that people, I think 50%, more than 50% of the country uh, is in favor of the Trump tax cuts. When they were planning it during the planning process, as you remember, they were like at 20-something percent. So when the results come, they speak for themselves. Now, people don't like Trump because it's more of a public persona thing, right? It's his attitude, it's his comments, which are... Uh, occasionally make you think, okay, what, what, what what's he thinking when he said that? And so I think um, that's what Trump has working against him, is, is his public persona. Some people love it. Some people think that, you know, he's funny, he is daring, he's not a typical politician. And I'll give him that. I think some of that works his benefit. But I think that gets in his way. And he limits himself from reaching a wider variety of people because his policies are helping people. Black unemployment is at an all-time low, at least from when they started counting. Same thing for Hispanic unemployment. And then unemployment in general is down at a 17-year low. So I think that his policies are great for the American people, but people are choosing not to see it because they can't stand his public persona. Where can people get in touch with you on social media and see all TV? Sure. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at MillerStream, and you can also follow CRTV on Twitter if you want CRTV. We have a Facebook page, CRTV Facebook page. My Facebook page is facebook.com slash MillerStream, and uh, you can follow me on either platform. We're active. We're engaging on social media. We're a digital platform, I should add that. So we're all online. We're subscriber-based. You pay $99 a year, but if you use the promo code, my promo code is WHB, give you $10 off, and you can also get a seven-day free trial. So use the seven-day free trial, see if you like it, see if it's interesting to you, see if you like the programming. And if you do, subscribe for the year, because I guarantee you're not going to find anywhere anything else close to it on the internet. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much, Brian. I appreciate the time. Yep, and thanks to John for, for joining us. And yeah, um, I guess if you haven't noticed, I think, well, yeah, every episode is going to have somebody from CRTV on it. Not only because I just love CRTV. I mean, it really sounds like I'm doing a, a commercial for them. I mean, hey, I, if they want me to advertise for them, I, you know, hey, that's fine by me. But um, it just, I do love, you know, the whole platform. And actually, actually we're going to have a, a very lengthy uh, interview tomorrow with Andrew Wilkow. And that's that's going to be the majority of the interviews from for tomorrow. So, yeah, thanks to John for for joining us and before we get to our next interview with dr kelly war who was of a turning guest to trend chat and i'm glad to have her come back man but before that let's hear from our friends from the founding project hello trend chat listeners if you like the founding project's civics education video series civics for all ages and our educational meme series we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. 
Hello, this is Trent Chat. We are pleased to have a returning guest to Trent Chat, Kelly Ward. How are you doing? Hey, Brian. It's great to see you. It's always great to see you and great to be on Trent Chat. And so, first thing, how's the campaign going? It's going amazingly well. We have got the professional team like you cannot believe. You know, uh, Ed Rollins, he is a, an advisor to the campaign. And who wouldn't want to have Ronald Reagan's campaign manager as part of her campaign? I certainly do, and I'm getting a lot of great advice from him. I've got people from that, that worked with the Great America PAC with, for Donald Trump, helped raise almost $30 million for him. They're on board helping me with messaging, helping me with strategy. And then our, our staff on the ground is second to none. And, uh, and then don't forget about, just like what Donald Trump said today on the main stage, conservatives are the heart and soul of the, the Republican Party. We certainly see that. And in Arizona, the grassroots, they are the heart and soul of the party, and they are really behind our effort to get to D.C. Okay, now, one thing I've been asking pretty much everyone is that we pretty much over a year with the Trump administration. Just, I guess, what what are your thoughts as far as what has been accomplished and what are you looking forward to in the future? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been great so far. I thought it was it was humorous, but also true that Donald yeah. Trump said he's delivered on more promises than he even made on the campaign trail. Uh, when you look at look at regulations, he promised that for every new regulation we'd repeal two, and we're at one to twenty-two right now, for goodness' sake. And uh, we've got the tax cuts in place. We've got more money in Americans' pockets across the board, and I think things are sailing right along. We need, though, reinforcements for President Trump and the America First agenda. We still have too many people that want to thwart him, and um, so I want to get there. I want to support you know people like Senator Rand Paul, who's endorsed me in this effort to get there. He knows I'm going to help him carry the torch of liberty in Washington. People like Ted Cruz and Mike Lee, who um, want to uphold the Constitution and, and fight for what's right for the American people. So I look forward to joining all of them once uh, once I get there and helping to continue this this wave of winning. So far, I'm not sick of winning yet. Uh, you know, I know Donald Trump said we're going to win so much, we're going to be tired of winning. I certainly am not. I want to continue that winning across the board for all Americans. Now, as a doctor, I want to especially ask you about I guess what's remaining with Obamacare and what do you see specifically as far as what needs to be done? Right. Well, you know, I think there's still a lot of work to do on that front. It was disappointing to me since every Republican in Washington, D.C., in the House and the Senate, both, you know, all campaigned to repeal Obamacare during their campaign seasons. And so it was, it was disappointing that they weren't able to get something done. But I think with new people, especially like me, I've got a lot of health policy experience. I'm a, I'm a family physician. I owned my own practice. I did medical education for decades. I, uh, I made health policy. I have a master's in public health, and I've been able to put that whole package together, and I think that once I get to D.C., I can help to be a catalyst and be a leader in that arena so that we can finally get rid of this burden of Obamacare that has been uh, harming our economy and harming the health of, of Americans because they can't get access to high-quality, cost-effective health care via big government medicine. Well, I guess the last thing I want to say is um, just let everybody know where to reach you on social media and if they want to get more information on your campaign. I'd love to have everybody's help. I know that only listeners in Arizona can vote for me, but remember, in the other states... 
I will be voting for you once I get to the United States Senate. So join me on social media across all the platforms, Kelly Ward AZ, K-E-L-L-I-W-A-R-D-A-Z. And uh, my website's kellyward.com. So you can find out about policies, you can find about, out about volunteering, and of course you can find out about how to donate to this effort and send me to D.C. All right, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Brian. Yep, and thanks to the good doctor for joining us. Now, uh, we're going to play the next three back-to-back-to-back. We're going to play a little bit from the Founder Project in between there. But, yeah, I'm just going to, right now, we're going to go to Marv Allen with the Black Conservative Federation. Then we're going to go with uh, Ivan Raiklin and then Katrina Pearson. So all this is going to be back-to-back. So, you know, whether you like it, you know, maybe you like it, maybe not, but you're not going to hear from me for the next three interviews. So, all right, (laughs) here we go. Uh, like I said, first from Marv Allen. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and we are pleased to have the Vice President of the Black Conservative Federation, Marv Allen, with us. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you, man? <laughs> doing good. So, um, well, first, I guess, for the people that don't know, tell us everything about uh, the Black Conservative Federation. This is the Black Conservative Federation. It was um, founded about a year ago. Um, we're back here. Um, we have a Black History Luncheon on Saturday, which is tomorrow at 1130. Our keynote speaker will be John James. And we also be um, also highlighting other black conservatives in the movement, trying to get everyone together. And we, I'm pretty sure we bought about 80 black conservatives just to CPAC this year. This is a big improvement from last year. Um, more we go, the more we will be able to have bigger outreach. We will have more things to do in the coming months. We have funding and organization. We're just looking to get more involved. So, um, with the luncheon coming up tomorrow, have you, I guess, put together any any other events as far as um, like outreach and anything like that? Yeah. Uh, so the president Deontay Johnson, he was speaking about putting together like a minority CPAC in DC in the coming months. Uh, so we should be that should be our next project. Um, and like we spoke earlier, that we do have a full outreach team now in the northwest, central, and east. And once we figure out what we actually want to do with our outreach plan, we can move forward with that. But I think we're going to start off going to inner cities and trying to speak with people, not pushing any policies in their face, just having a conversation and trying to figure out what matters to them so we can actually um, figure out solutions to their problems. We've been here for a couple of days. And um, one question I want, I've been asking pretty much everybody is that, it's been over a year with um, the Trump administration, and I just want to ask you about your thoughts as far as what's the what the accomplishments and what you think as far as this past year. You know, um, I think it's going all right. Could be better. I given one out of ten, I give it a seven. To be honest, I'm a very harsh critic. Um, sometimes he's just shutting his mouth. Sometimes he does a good job of spreading the word. Um, but no, I think he could be more conservative. That's mainly my issues. Um, like currently with raising the age 21 to buy a rifle. I don't agree with that. I'm a Texas boy. Um, me and my grandfather used to go out um, shoot guns when I was 14. I didn't have a problem. It's not guns problem. It's a people problem. So we need to focus on mental health. Um, don't really need more restrictions on guns. You just have to have guns in the right hands of people. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, the NRA, Republicans, conservatives do agree with um, background checks. We just cannot have people infringing our rights at the same time. Um, yeah, and other issues like tax reform, that was great, very good. Um, 
But with immigration, I don't think we should be handing out amnesty for border security. I think we should have an honest debate and have it separate. Um, and the thing is, you know, not every Republican has the same idea on that. Some people are more than happy to um, gain um, legalization for these citizens for a border. I just don't think it's in our best interest. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm with you, and I think there should be no amnesty. Um, but one thing I know I mentioned on on my podcast uh, probably what a couple couple months, well, a couple weeks ago, is that. You know, you have a good number of Republicans, just like you said, uh, uh, more than happy that want to have full-blown amnesty. So you literally got to fight that balance within your own party, let alone with the Democrats. So, I, I'm, like I said, I'm not for it, but I, you know, if um, if, if we can get the least da- least damage possible, I mean, okay. But you know, like I said, me personally, I'm not for amnesty as well. Now, um, I know going into the second year, so now we got this whole budget. Yeah. With the budget deal and some, you know, didn't care for that, and and now, uh, yeah, now we got this whole infra- infrastructure deal, and so you know, I kind of feel like we might be heading off to a, a little bit of a rocky start into this second year. So I, I don't know what you, what you think. Uh, so right now in politics, every week seems like a different subject, I mean, every every single day. Uh, I think I think we'll do alright with infrastructure. I think we'll have our biggest issues with our own party getting that through. I think you know, Democrats come along. Um, do I agree that we should be spending $2.5 trillion, $1.5 trillion for our roads? Maybe, but I do think we should uh, contract it out to private organizations. I don't really believe that our government can get things done quickly and efficiently. Uh, it's, 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 it's hard to say, but... I, Look, I don't mean to cut you off, but we yeah. both from Texas, yeah. so we know about construction, road construction, especially. Yeah. <laughs> so when, it, so now I'm a truck driver, so I've yeah. gone, you know, I've gone down all, well, not all of them probably, but yeah. well, a good majority of these roads in, you know, continuous 48 states. And as far as the, you know, these roads are not crumbling to the point to where that, <laughs> that we're going to hit a pothole every, every mile. I mean, there's some states that they're not that great. Some of them, but maybe, but maybe one or two. But for the most part, most of these roads and bridges are okay. Yeah. And so spending that much that much money, also it should be a state issue for one. That's one way as far as looking at it. Well, I think the plan is to give a certain amount of the money to the states so they know yeah. what best to do with it. Um, like I said, we're both from Texas, and they've been doing construction since <laughs> I've been alive, especially I-35. But, you know, you know, we get back to American exceptionalism. We always want things to be perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. But I don't think the solution is to have more government. I think we should focus on private contracting um, to get these things done. And, you know, the thing with taxpayer money is you don't really have a choice. It kind of just goes. People say, oh, it doesn't matter. It's $1.5 trillion drop in the bucket. But we could also maybe put in that towards, you know, education. We could put it into the justice system. We could put it into a lot more things in infrastructure, which, which again, um, I'm fine with rebuilding our country, which is good, but I don't think we should do it through the government. That's not a crazy idea. <laughs> no, no, it's not, especially for conservatives. So, yeah. So, I know I mentioned if y'all have anything else planned. So, you know, if anybody wants to find out more about the Black Conservative Federation, where would they find you? 
So the website is www.bcfamerica.com. And then we also have a Facebook page. It's just Black Story Federation. And then if you want to reach us, you can do 217-806-0656 is our contact number. All right. I appreciate it so much for your time. All right. Thank you. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and we are pleased to have Ivan Rakin, who is running for U.S. Senate in the great state of Virginia. The I, Commonwealth. <laughs> the Commonwealth. You know what? You got me right there, because I was time I said, like, nope, so, that's something wrong about that. How you doing? I'm doing great, Brian. So, yeah, Ivan Rakin here. It's good to be here. So, basically, CPAC is essentially over. They've got a couple more you know, speakers to go, but how have you enjoyed the, the whole conference? I've enjoyed it pretty well to the point where I think, was it, Dave... Three, four, I can't even remember. It's all bleeding in uh, one day into the next. I've been here most of the week. Uh, you know, I went out for a couple of events outside in Virginia since I am running for U.S. Senate Virginia. And I've enjoyed it. It's all about making relationships, you know, building those relationships, making connections, connecting the dots. And then uh, I've actually met quite a few Virginians along the way. So, so how's the campaign going? Yeah, the campaign's going great. I just feel a little groundswell going on this last week. We are building out the team. I have my field director over here to my to my right, sitting next to me. How many people have we uh, basically um, brought on board in the last couple of days? Another I'd five? Say, I'd say at least five, if not more than that. It's been a good turnout. Yeah, so I mean, there's another five people on board on the campaign. We continue to grow to get the not only to get the name out there, but more importantly, right now, in order to get on, you know, to be on the ballot, you need to collect 10,000 signatures. And it's divided up into 11 congressional districts. Each congressional district in Virginia, you need to obtain 400 signatures minimum. R- really, sp- you know, truthfully speaking, you need to get double that, just so that you know if there's any uh, signatures that are ineligible, you know, the name, something's incorrect, you're still able able to meet that threshold. And then once we get on the ballot, you'll start seeing a lot of name ID going out there based on a, some of the things that I've done in the past. Uh, as far as, you know, my background is I'm a Green Beret commander, served on four continents, countering ISIS, Taliban, Russian aggression, MS-13. Uh, I've done some work in the startup space as an entrepreneur, tech investor and advisor. Uh, one of the company founder, the, the founders for one of the companies I advised were on Shark Tank last year. And I speak five languages. That resonates with, you know, diff- that background resonates with different sectors of society, so I can be the voice for those different communities, whether it's tech, whether it's veterans, whether it's uh, millennials, because I'm heavily involved in social media and tech, whether it's, uh, you know, new, new immigrants, legal immigrants, uh, because of my personal story of having, you know, my parents come to the United States after fleeing the Soviet Union in the 70s, and then my wife, same thing, came here legally, stood in line, and uh, that's really it, I think. It's more of an answer than you probably wanted, but oh no, that's no. what I'm feeling right now. No, that's that's great because um, I know I guess the people in Virginia and um, wanted to. I, I don't even know I know anything about the race that's going on there. I don't know if you have like other people running, and I don't know when the primary is. So I guess give us details about all, all that. Going yeah, on. so June 12th will be the primary. Okay. November 6th is a general election, and I'm running for America and for Virginia. You know, I've. I've served for 20 years, and I want to continue that service in a different capacity. And I just think that looking, you know, if you look at, you know, take a look at the race, look at the folks that are running, whether they, you know, they're on, on the same team, uh, on the right, or whether they're the incumbent. I have the more compelling story, uh, the more robust professional background that can be a better representation of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Now, 
Is this your? I'm guessing this is not your first CPAC. I'm guessing this is or, my second CPAC. And I thought you were going to ask because usually people ask me, "Is your is this your initial time running for office?" Oh. And I tell them, <laughs> "That's my advantage. It is." <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, did, I was I was thinking that, but I was just I was just wondering as far as because like for me this is like my third. So ooh, <laughs> so, ooh. you got me beat. Oh uh, well, just just about a little bit, but um, as far as doing media and everything, it's my second year. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so. You know, as far as this whole atmosphere and you know, giving like we're kind of wrap, wrapping it up now, but I've, every time it's just wrapping all. It's it all up. We can still battle rap right now. If you want? <laughs> no, you don't want. You don't want that because I'm. I'm. You know, I, I could follow maybe two like two lines, and then after that, I'm That's just it. like, okay, just, no worries. No worries. <laughs> so maybe next time. So <laughs> but, on the next episode, we'll do a battle rap. Yeah, it's funny because I do have another. I have an episode I keep teasing about. You know, talking about. You know. Trend chat in general with the executive producer, but that's you know that's a whole nother thing. But, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate so much for your time. Hey, thanks, Brian. Appreciate you having me. Hello, this is Trend Chat, and we are pleased to have Katrina Pearson, who is the spokesperson for America First Action. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. How about yourself? It's a great day, right? Yeah, definitely getting all the interviews and get a chance to speak with speak with people and. Like I've I mentioned before on the podcast, this definitely is a, a break for conservatives to get away from, you know, the, the liberals that they deal with on a daily basis. You know, as people, we normally are dealing with liberals all the time. So it's just great to be around like-minded people and just take a breath and not have to worry about being offended about something. So Yeah, I mean, it's, it is really nice to see people that, you know, you don't get to see all the time, uh, you know, face-to-face. So it's a great time to... Get everybody in one place and, and get caught up, especially for those of us like myself who've been in the grassroots movement for a very long time. So it's been nice to see people that, you know, we used to do rallies and protests with, you know, 10 years ago. So um, I think it's, it's really nice to have everybody come together in one place. We saw each other in other events, especially in Texas, and also being connected with the Heritage Foundation and, and with the Heritage Action Sentinel program and all that. So, yeah, just meeting up with people that you maybe haven't seen in years or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So it's, it's always great. So um, one thing I, I want to mention is, um, you know, it's been over a year now. Where do you think as far as the Trump administration, is, how they've been doing in the past year and far as what you think about in the future and what they're planning on? I think the administration um, has done a great job. The president has done a great job at, at pushing his agenda, um, even against the will of the media, against the will of folks in the agencies that aren't very supportive of him, um, Republicans in the Senate that haven't been supportive of him. We are one year in to the Trump administration, and he's been able to accomplish things that most of these politicians have been able to accomplish in decades, and I think that speaks volumes. So just imagine what it would be like if everyone was on an America First agenda. Now, speaking of America First, so give everyone, I guess, some details as far as what America First action is. Well, America First Action is a super PAC uh, designed to support uh, the president and the administration, their policies, and supporting candidates that can help push forward uh, President Trump's agenda. Um, going all the way back to the campaign, whether it's uh, the, his position on illegal immigration, his position on pushing this infrastructure package, um, and, and really everything that was on his top, uh, his list in his first 100 days, 
that uh, he has started with regards to deregulation and assigning the executive orders, um, redevelopment. Now we're getting ready to talk more about infrastructure. Um, so really it's just it's an organization on the outside that's going to be supporting President Trump on his agenda. Okay, and I know you mentioned candidates. Um, do y'all have any that y'all are already um, endorsing? Uh, well, we have in the past. So essentially what you'll see is if the president endorses a candidate, uh, we too will be supporting that candidate. And I think here recently there has been um, quite a bit of discussion uh, with regard to the congressional race in Pennsylvania, Congressional District 18. And yes, we, as of today, have jumped into that race in CD18 in Pennsylvania. Uh, we're actually spending a million dollars in that special election uh, for uh, the support of keeping a Republican in that seat. Okay. Now, was that like an exclusive? That's something that, that we just, as Turn Chat, we just got the exclusive for that? Well, this went out this morning, um, and it's been uh, reported. Okay. And so it's it's just one of those things that we, we sort of monitor uh, where the president's leaning on things. And once he comes out and supports a candidate, that's likely the candidate will support as well. Um, as you already know, the midterms are going to be quite interesting considering so many politicians are not running for re-election. So we're going to have to be very engaged. Okay, and um, what other, I guess, initiatives that y'all are maybe are trying to start through the through America First? Um, well, there is the uh, the tax cuts and jobs uh, policy that is now signed. Um, we are definitely putting resources behind getting the word out to America that uh, you know basically that their wages increase or crumbs, <laughs> as the Democrats would like you to to believe. And even if it's a thousand dollars. Uh, either in a bonus or an increase in wages. You know, that translates, and Nancy Pelosi wouldn't know this, um, but it translates into a school lunch for over an entire year for a child in a family. And so um, that's not crumbs, at least for me as a single mom. I think $1,000 is a pretty big deal. Um, but really talking about the truth, making sure we're fighting back against the fake news about the policies that the president is, is proposing and really just being supportive of that America First agenda. Okay, and so I guess if anyone wants to get more information on America First, where do they go? AmericaFirstPolicies.org. That is a nonprofit side uh, supporting the president's uh, America First uh, policies. And America First Action is a super PAC that is designed on the outside as well. Okay, uh, any social media? Well, you can follow me at Katrina Pearson. Um, and they do both have Twitter handles now. Um, it's either America First Action or America First Policies. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Good to be here. Hello to fans of Trend Chat and Brian Bledsoe. The Founding Project, an education nonprofit dedicated to civics, invites you to visit our brand new website. Visit us at thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. And I'm back for like a couple of seconds just to say uh, thanks to everyone, uh, Ivan, Marv, Katrina, for joining us. And now we're on to speak with Britt Henry. So, yeah, let me shut up. Let's make sure we get this all out. So here we go. 
Hello, this is Trend Chat, and we are pleased to have Britt Henry with us. She is with the Federalist, and she is a former ESPN reporter, and just all around awesome conservatives. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So, like I mentioned before, you know, I've been kind of, you know, I guess hounding about trying to get an interview because I, I just want to ask you as far as one thing I, I saw recently that you kind of had a bit of a, a bit of a Twitter beef about yeah. the. About the SI article or about the swimsuit, um, uh, I guess the issue. So, I guess let people know about about that. But little beef. You know, it's funny because everybody, all the clickbait headlines will say battle and beef, and and I really am very calm on Twitter, even if my tweets are yeah, a little bit aggressive at times. Uh, I had I had just tweeted that I think there are better ways to show large scale female empowerment. <laughs> than being nude. And that's not to say women can't individually do that. If something makes you feel sexy and good, then by all means do that. But don't force it as like, oh, this is for women's empowerment. Like, no, you just you just want to look hot, right? Like, that's okay. That, I mean, my opinion. I didn't know Paige Sparanak, former golfer, I didn't know she was even in the magazine. She saw my tweet, responded to me, and so we had a bit of a back and forth, which resulted in her sending me, like, a naked photo of herself. A lot of guys were jealous about that. <laughs> um, but I, I stand by what I said, and... I was more specifically talking about the In Her Words campaign, which was about Me Too. And, I, again, every woman can have their freedom, but I think Ali Raisman in the courtroom, fully clothed, dressed professionally, delivering an iconic speech and standing up for women against that, the pervert Larry Nassar, that to me was more empowering on a large scale for women than going naked. And... That's just what I think. Um, a lot of conservatives really supported me, but you know, the beauty of this country is we we agree to disagree sometimes. Now, I guess if anyone follows you on social media, you definitely see your opinions, and also if they they see the replies that you get. So, I mean, I guess how do you deal with with all that? You know, the good and the bad. I don't read them anymore. So I used to get myself in a lot of trouble. I had two Twitter apps on my phone. One was Echo Phone, which really shows you everything. Like, you, you could show your your name popping up if you search it and your handle. Um, that sounds dangerous. It's very dangerous. <laughs> and I, I, you know, so many nights I would enjoy some beverages with my friends and then you see everything people are saying to you. So I don't look at, I, I will see nice comments here and there. But I deleted that app, and I just try to tune it out as much as I can because what will happen is um, I like to engage with people. I'm, I'm pretty passionate and emotional sometimes, and I think it, it diminishes your message if you get into these little squabbles. You know, the, the issue with the Sports Illustrated, I stand by. That's my opinion. It's It was something I discussed on Fox News. But if, you know... Joe Smith with five followers is coming at you writing something mean. With the little egg? Yeah, with the egg. <laughs> you know, nine times out of ten, it's somebody you already blocked, and they're creating fake accounts. Yeah, so I think I just I just tune it out, and if you want to be a uh, opinionated, strong male or female in this day and age with social media, you got to be ready to get some heat for it, so. Yeah, I, I guess, um... For me, like I, I see some of those replies on there, and I was like, "Wow, she's really, really catching some heat over there." So, now I said that you know you were a former ESPN reporter. Now, at the time, your time at ESPN, did you voice your conservative views or what? 
No. <laughs> um, well, a couple things. I was a reporter, and when I was hired, the network was very different in 2013, and it was uh, it was much more standard news reporting what I actually wanted to do, what I liked. The network has gone very opinionated in the last year and a half, two years. And as that started to happen, I think I started to sort of find more of my voice. And I I don't have an issue with it, but they they wanted to silence conservatives. They, If I favorited a tweet, I would get a phone call. Compare that to some of the things you see on TV and some of the personalities tweet. So I, when we parted ways, it was a, it was heavily based on my politics and my opinion, and um, I decided to just turn it up and and be a voice for other conservatives. Now, is, now is that something that you mentioned before about like you say if you favorited a tweet, you would get a phone call? Like really? Yes. Yes. I just, I was just about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> if you agree or disagree with her, it's just more the point of she had the liberty to say things like she did. Well, and got some punishment for it. But like she was able to call the president and anybody who voted for him white supremacists and go on air the next day and host a TV show. I would get phone calls for favoriting conservative tweets. So it was not entirely fair. <laughs> yeah, to, to say the least. So, but so now you're with the Federalist. Oh, how long? Uh, with the Federalist, I, I'm, I'm freelancing a bit with them. Uh, have some exciting things coming up, but I can't really fully disclose it yet. But I, um, I'm on Fox News a lot, and it would be a safe bet to to see that I could possibly land in the Fox family somewhere. Okay, so how can people get in touch with you on social media? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Britt McHenry, uh, two T's in my name, and on Instagram, same thing, at Britt McHenry. Uh, apparently, it's difficult to get an IG message through to me, um, but I will so be better. I will hey, be- <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, like, I guess you just don't want to do an interview, I guess. No, I appreciate it, and um, look, even if you disagree with me, and if you're respectful, that's fine. Let me know what you're thinking, and, and we can... We can tackle it. We can talk about it. Well, thanks so much for your time, and hopefully we'll get a chance to speak again. Thank you very much. Yep, and thanks to Britt Brit Hamrit for joining us. And, you know, <laughs> yep, that's it. We're at the end of our time. So uh, next, well, tomorrow, it'll be Lawrence Jones and Andrew Wilkow. So, actually... That is all we have for today. So until tomorrow, we'll chat with you later. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, 
we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700.